based on Titus chapter 3, verses 1, 8, and 14. And our focus always is uh, finding Christians around Indianapolis who are doing good. And what we do uh, is find those folks, uh, great people. I'm interviewing people all the time. If you're listening and you're in Indianapolis or you're not in Indianapolis and you know somebody around us, uh, holler out at me and let me know about who those folks are so I can bring them into the show. Folks in the church, uh, Christian folk around, parachurch ministries, church ministries, pastors, doesn't matter. Uh, we're looking for folks all the time uh, that we might be able to promote what you're doing uh, around Indianapolis. And that's really an important, powerful idea uh, for all of us, and we're uh, focused on that on a regular basis. So uh, we're here again this week to highlight those kinds of ideas. Uh, this week we are focused on entrepreneurialism, and this is a big old term. It just simply means that there are folks out there that are creative types that uh, do all kinds of great things, and they bring it every single day, and they're taking risks, and they're doing things that are unusual, things that are outside what we would consider to be the norm. Of course, I'm not ever sure what normal means anymore, but that's a whole other discussion. Nonetheless, entrepreneurialism is our topic today, and our focus is always coming from the book of Proverbs. And our emphasis this particular week is from Shamara Cox in the second hour, looking forward to having her on the show, uh, being a guest with us on the show in the second hour. And we'll be talking with her about her business, the Merit Group, and a group actually out here at 317, a great collaborate group out here, lots of good folks, good entrepreneurs doing good things, not for profits, uh, looking for ways and opportunities to do those things which uh, are necessities around, in and around Indianapolis. And if you're ever interested to come out, uh, get a tour, be happy to do that. Uh, do want to give you a couple of dates, however. We have a jazz mixer coming up this Friday. You do not want to mix, uh, miss it. Uh, this is going to be a jazz mixer that's going to focus on our veterans. So our veterans groups that are represented on HB shows are going to be here. Uh, folks from around town are going to be here. There's going to be a great emphasis on thankfulness for the service of folks uh, who live in and around Indianapolis and, of course, around the nation. And then there is, uh, in one month from now, we are having our focus on Cominius. Our fundraiser for Cominius will be May 18th. That's Friday, May 18th from 6 until 9 o'clock at night, and we're looking forward to that. We have George Middleton as our music that particular evening. We have some great guests coming in. We've got some students who are going to tell you about what Cominius means to them. We've got hors d'oeuvres. We've got a pay bar, drinks, all kinds of good things out here. Uh, great music, great people. You'll want to meet a whole bunch of folks out here uh, at 317, the Collaborate, on the 18th of May, and that's a fundraiser, sustainable development fundraiser for the Cominius Institute, which is the sponsor of this show. Absolutely. Cominius Institute uh, bridges three uh, bridges. Uh, the first is into college. Our focus there is uh, actually our work at IUPUI with Christian young people who are doing uh, their academic work, their job, their vocation at school. And what I do is go down and talk with them about their academics, the things they're learning, things that they're not hearing, uh, the things that they need to make uh, understanding about concerning professors' assumptions and so on. Uh, it's a great work and great students. The second bridge that we cross is uh, that bridge into communities, which is what we're doing right now. Right. Uh, we are glad to be able to link communities around, in and around Indianapolis. In fact, we had a great opportunity, breakfast for dads last week, 
Uh, I've been still getting some real positive results. Just, just an incredible event. Wasn't that something? Incredible. And we had some great connections down there and some great people. Got a guy flew in from Dallas just for the event. You know, right. It was pretty impressive. Right. And you were there, of course, Dr. Clyde. Absolutely. I was there. I was blessed. There was there were, there were at least a couple hundred, maybe 250 men there, right. along with the students. It was just, it was incredible. Yes, it was. And, of course, you were there. And you were there. And taking up spoke. all the power in the room. Oh, oh I, I, I actually have you on video. Yeah, my, my little ditty wasn't much, man. It was just, it was, it was great to meet that elder from your church as well. Yeah, Brian Moore was the there. The one who said, I have the uh, radio voice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got a kick out of that when he told me. He kind of leaned over to me and he said, now, no offense, Mark, but... Uh, Clyde's got the radio. <laughs> I just laughed. That was great. Yeah, it was great to have Brian there and a whole bunch of other folks uh, stopped by to encourage those students, and that was great. So our second bridge is into the communities, and then the third is into culture. And we deal with all kinds of cultural issues. Here's one this morning. We're te- dealing with entrepreneurialism. Uh, we uh, engage all different kinds of things. Next week, you don't want to miss next week, Darnell Wilson from the Shepherd Community Center will be here and Darnell is a great young man who is going to talk to us about the Shepherd uh, group down there. In fact, we just spent, Josh uh, Collingswood and I, our video tech guy, uh, and I just spent an hour with Jay Height yesterday talking about Shepherd and uh, taking some great video and asking questions about what he does and his investment in the community. So, Dr. Clyde, glad to have you on uh, with us here this morning. Delighted to be here, my friend. Glad to... Uh, be involved in the process of what we do in this radio show. And so uh, let's just jump right into it, if we, if we will, uh, into the book of Proverbs, for instance. Absolutely. Uh, how does Solomon communicate about the cultural entrepreneurialism in Proverbs? Let's talk about what that means. You, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, uh, Proverbs, uh, Solomon, known as the wisdom guy, uh, is, is arguably, well, not arguably, the Bible says he was the richest, richest man, yep. you know, um, and yet it's connected to wisdom, mm-hmm. wisdom. Yes. Uh, that, that I believe, uh, lays the foundation for what the Christian community ought to understand as the, as the pathway an instruction right. on the pathway, yes. uh, to true prosperity. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's wisdom. Mm. It is, it is, and, and not just knowledge. Not just knowledge. I know. I know you're going to talk a little bit more about that. You know, more in terms of the word origins, sure. a little bit later. But uh, and in the, in the Old Testament. But 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 we have to learn in the body of Christ uh, the difference between gathering information mm-hmm. and 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 learning the truths of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because true wisdom and, and wisdom is as wisdom does. So so just because we gain information about the stock exchange or um, just just the latest hot thing, maybe Bitcoin or whatever the case, mm. you know, does not necessarily mean uh, for the Christian community that we are hearing wisdom. Yes. In other words, just because you gain some money or gain, there are people who, who, who and as you know, who have played the stock market and, and, and have done extremely well mm-hmm. and then lost everything mm-hmm. or fell prey to scams. Isn't that the sadness? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, this and is one so of the wisdom. That I see uh, always as you pick up on the concept of money. Uh, mm-hmm. Proverbs is pretty clear that money should be earned little by little, exactly. and not look for the quick, rich gets rich. Quick Absolutely, yeah. that's where that's where I was going. Ab- Absolutely, it's a it, it's a process, and and wisdom, and, and you know, often um, this is the truth. I believe, Mark, and, and and I'd like to hear your take on it. 
but uh, the pace of things can deter some people. Mm-hmm. God is a God who's not, uh, while he is, the word of God, the Bible says, is, is quick and sharper than a two-edged sword. God, more often than not, moves in our lives over a period of time, mm-hmm. gradually increasing the manifestation mm-hmm. of his will. Mm-hmm. And that deters some people, that, that, that <laughs> frightens some people, that God is not a, he's not a rabbit. Mm-hmm. He moves at what would appear to be more like a tortoise's pace, but he always wins. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this because I struggle with this constantly. You know, I'm, I'm the guy who wants everything done yesterday. So my concern is uh, actually I wrote a, an essay in my book, I Just Need Time to Think, entitled mm-hmm. The Slowness of God. Mm-hmm. And I think about I should probably mm-hmm. read that once a week to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, the issue of God's providence doesn't mm-hmm. always work according to a human timetable right. by any means. And the sadness, of course, for us from a human vantage point is, you know, we're looking at this uh, tapestry that's being uh, knitted. And from heaven's point of view, there's a beautiful tapestry being knitted. From our point of view, we see the underside of the tapestry, mm-hmm. all the knots and the tie-offs and the, the threads that are loose right. and all that kind of stuff. We don't right. see how everything fits together. Right. Right, I, I I agree, I, I agree, and and God and to know that God loves you mm-hmm. is to know, uh, is 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 to understand that that He wants the best for you, He does want you to prosper, financially, emotionally, uh, uh, but Paul, but uh, rather John said it, as your soul prospers, mm-hmm. and and, that, and that's often, and see, your soul needs wisdom to prosper. It needs it needs the light of your spirit to inform your mind, will, emotion, imagination, intellect. Yes, so. As as a person comes to comes to uh, 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 their spirit begins to gain the knowledge of God, the truth of God, mm-hmm. then they, and they inform their soul. We live in a world today that wants it backwards. Mm. They want a naked soul mm. <laughs> and a prosperous life. Yeah. I was just dealing with this uh, on social media last week when. Some folks were trying to get rid of the humanities, you know, folks want to dump it. And my response to that is uh, if, if we get rid of the humanities, we basically are going to create technocrats with no Ab- souls. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 who, and who do not, inha- do not or are not able to include reasoning, mm-hmm. reasoning and critical thinking. Right. I, I mean, my, my Ph.D. is in humanities. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, I'm an advocate, That's right. you know, you know. But uh, and and if you look at many of the greatest thinkers of the, of the world today, uh, in, in our past, Dr. Martin Luther King, mm. humanities, mm-hmm. you know, people who look at events, understand circumstances, look at a text, mm-hmm. understand an occurrence, mm-hmm. and inform people mm-hmm. about that occurrence. Mm-hmm. We 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 need that. Uh, there's but like you said, Mark, we, we we're moving toward a an IT data driven society. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people don't don't want to have to think for themselves critically, and and um, I, I was talking to a person the other day. This I think this is in line with what I'm saying. This person sells um, uh, publications, newspapers, and 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 um, the person uh, mentioned that a person mentioned to her, well, you know, I don't read very much anymore. Mm. I listen to. Mm. Audio books. I'm not fine. I mean, both of us are blessed. The Lord has blessed us to be, you know, authors and get some things published. So, right. you know, uh, and, and the people buy one audio book. Okay, that's fine. But I want you to consider the notion of a world where people are choosing to read less. Mm. 
That's a scary world. Absolutely. That's a scary world right there. Because it's happening. Right. And the audience can't see us, but I have my hand on the Bible here. And, and, and we have, if you really look, the average Christian, and circling back around to uh, just what we're talking about, you know, prosperity uh, from a biblical perspective and wisdom, people are reading the Bible less. Mm. Think about that, Dr. Eccles. Yeah. Christians are reading the Bible less. Second uh, uh, Timothy two fifteen says, "The study to show yourselves approved unto God." And, and so one, someone could say, "Well, I can study the Bible." You know, the faith comes by hearing and all that. Yeah, but the, the Bible says in Antioch they searched the scriptures. The Bereans searched yeah, the scriptures. They sure did. And I'm thinking too <laughs> about that passage in Ephesians four where Paul says, "Don't be tossed about." Every, every wind of doctrine. So there you have it. If you're going to uh, not read the scriptures, you don't have any authority base right. from which to come. Right. And of course, then you're left adrift. And right. So you are blown about. Every sure. Wind of doctrine. So, so much, you know, so much, um, so much of our world today um, still finds it should still find its answers in scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the uh, elder from your church? What was Brian this? Moore. Brian Moore. Mm -hmm. Brian Moore had an interesting, fascinating conversation about um, one of the messages I had preached at a, at a revival I was preaching for five nights that last week. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him that um, one of the, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 15, uh, one of the problems with the, the disciples um, embracing the Canaanite woman was that they, 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 they were racist. Mm -hmm. They were having trouble and so, but they love God. They were with Christ, mm -hmm. and they love God. And 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 it was later on, um, in Acts chapter nine, I believe, that 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 uh, the Holy Spirit had to take Peter on a rooftop to to, to have the Mister Keyholder, mm -hmm. keys to the kingdom, mm -hmm. how to teach him how to uh, not embrace, hang on to the traditions and the anger. And so how, how does this relate? Here's how it relates. The answers are in Scripture. There it is. Yep. For people who, who who love God or who don't love God. Mm -hmm. But but the answers are still in Scripture. In an age where we don't want to read and search the Scriptures mm -hmm. and see what's going on. Because you can love God and still have trouble loving people. This is a fascinating discussion. We're going to have to take a one-song break here. But when we come back, we're going to continue the dialogue and uh, talk a little bit more about the necessity of giving ourselves a biblical basis for entrepreneurialism. And uh, we'll talk perhaps a little bit about beneficence as well, God's beneficence to us and ours to others. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site every single Wednesday from 10 until noon. And I am here with my co-host, Dr. Clyde Posley from Antioch Baptist Church. Yes, and sir. we are discussing the important uh, issues concerning entrepreneurialism and the ideas that folks who actually step out and take risks in life and the necessity of having those kinds of people around. Proverbs we were just talking about, uh, uh, here are some verses, Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn shining brighter and brighter. What a great statement that is. Proverbs 11.10, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. Mm. I'll read that again, Proverbs 11.10. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And then Proverbs 28.12, when the righteous triumph, there is great glory. So these are important, powerful ideas. And uh, we were discussing these, uh, these concepts here just before the break. 
Clyde, what, uh, what other thoughts did you have uh, coming out of that break that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, just how important it is uh, for us in the Christian community to be the light, mm. uh, to, be the, to be the standard, if you will, as to what God requires, yes. and to make sure that we use Scripture, mm. that we don't allow ourselves to get deterred, yep. that we use Scripture and rely on the Scripture. Uh, I believe it's Mark chapter 7, Jesus is talking about how, uh, I think he's talking to the Pharisees there, and he says, you do error not knowing the scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he's making reference at that time to, to, to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. to, to the Torah, to the commands. Right. Uh, but for us today, we know that to use that means King, the Bible, the, King whole, thing, James, the yeah. whole thing. You know, and, and so a, a culture, a society will find itself in trouble mm-hmm. when we get away from scripture, mm-hmm. particularly if we're going to call ourselves a Christian nation. Isn't that the truth? You yeah. know, and so we, we, what does the Bible then say to us about the process mm-hmm. of prosperity and the role mm-hmm. of prosperity and, and, and the, rea- the ontology of, on, of, of, of prosperity in our Christian lives? Mm-hmm. Is it a reality? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to prosper? You know, we, you know because in, in, a, in an age today where the word, uh, where the concept of prosperity has uh, arguably been so polluted, so tainted, maybe. Yes. You know, uh, but uh, but certainly it's still in a position to be discussed. W- w- how do we confront this? How do how do we deal with this? Because I, I contend that prosperity is supposed to be a part of Christian living. Mm-hmm. That God does not want. God is not seeking for us uh, to be poor. Or to not be entrepreneurs. He wants, God wants every person, God has designed every person to, to with, within themselves to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There is something that, a gift that God has put in us, uh, and, and I don't believe the Bible is specifically making reference to the Holy Spirit when it talks about that gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a gift that the Lord has put in us that the Bible, that Bi- the Bible says makes room mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're going to get a chuckle out of this. I, when I was thinking about it, I knew you were going to get a chuckle out of this. But uh, it, is a, it, is not, it is not until we place that gift, whatever our gift or desire that we, to accomplish in terms of entrepreneurship, it's not until we place that in the hands of God that we really do well at it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean that this one, you might get a chuckle out of this. You know, I was preaching the other day, Dr. Eccles, and I said this, and my congregation just cracked up. I had to stop and laugh 30 seconds. I said, Peter, while he was passionate and gifted, was the world's worst fisherman. <laughs> I mean, on more than one occasion, if you check the New Testament, Christ had to tell Mr. Fisherman where the fish were biting. You know, the night he met Peter, he uses Peter's boat in Luke chapter 5. And he, and he says, when he gets done with the boat, he says, now launch out into the deep for a drop. Peter says to him, look, I've been, I've been, I've been toiling all night. Let, let's just stop right there. Yeah. You're a fisherman when, he, when, when Jesus meets you. Mm-hmm. And you have been fishing all night and have no idea that what you're looking for is not where you've been. And here comes some preacher and who has it, the audacity here, to tell to, you. Right. And, and, so, and Peter responded in that way. Like, who are you? Exactly. But what, and then there's another passage in this specific place. I believe after, after Christ's resurrection, I think Christ comes back and tells Peter again where to launch out right. for a large catch. Yeah. Here's the point I'm making. 
Here's two times that Peter has a passion or maybe even a gift to fish. Mm -hmm. But without the word, the Bible calls Jesus word, mm -hmm. without word, without intimacy made flesh in Christ, mm -hmm. Peter doesn't know exactly where his entrepreneurial success is. Mm -hmm. That's such a great story, and I, there's so many different ways to go with that. I've always thought whenever <laughs> I, I've taught this passage, you know, if I had been Peter, mm -hmm. I would have been at the end of the dock, you know, with a contract in hand. You tell me where the fish are. We'll go 50 yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah go, going forward. <laughs> Look here. Going forward. Let's just. Right. Absolutely. This is a, a fascinating idea. And so let's flip it back into the, the church and the responsibility that we have. So. When we think about this, I'm always cognizant of, of Acts 4, 32 to 37, uh, that talks about everybody who had their individual wealth shared it with others. Right. And then the first uh, Timothy 6 passage, 17 to 19, which talks about those who are rich should. And there are four commands given there. Uh, to What's the that passage again? You just first, first Timothy right, 6, right, right. 17 to mm -hmm. 19. Mm -hmm. And then just for the sake of, uh, because we have listeners here uh, around the world even. Uh, around the world. Around the world That's we have right. uh, listeners. So I just wanted to mention that this morning, uh, in anticipation of this entrepreneur uh, discussion, I put up on my website, warpandwoof.org, that's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. Um, my post this morning was on beneficence, and beneficence means giving for the good of others. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole biblical uh, layout there of how this ought to work, literally a socioeconomic ethic that I've established there uh, in this particular post. So if you're interested in checking those things out, go to warpandwoof.org. Right, right. So this concept of how we deal uh, from a Christian vantage point, let me tell you this story. This happened to me just this last week. You know that I've been taking a course at IUPUI on Civil War literature. Mm -hmm. And so we've been discussing all manner of things. And one of the discussions that we came to uh, this week was uh, how do we explain to people the awfulness of slavery? Here we've been reading all of these things about slavery and the awfulness of, it, of mm -hmm. the Civil War and so on. And so at some juncture... Uh, the people with whom I'm studying who are not necessarily believers said, well, you know, we wish, first of all, that people would just read these documents. And in my mind, I'm thinking they never will. Right. And in the second point, they said, well, we, I guess we should just do good. And my first question in my mind was, on the basis of what? That's right. Where's the source? Where's, Where's the, the origin? Or the epistemology of your good. Yeah, right. that's right. Because right. if you don't have an origin of that good, That's my right. good and your good might be two different things. It will be. And my good might right. hurt your good. Right. I just had this conversation with uh, my son, uh, who's uh, recently graduated from Ball State, and he's, you know, he, he likes to debate, and that's good. I like that. I like to debate. And I was talking to him about origins of good. I said, I said, Josh, you, we can never uh, have a, a an intellectual debate until we both ha have established. From what epistemology yes. we establish yeah, our knowledge sources of of, of what is what is what is good? Mm -hmm. I said uh, if if it can't be experiential, it can't be rooted in experience. It's got to be. It's got to be. For, if we're Christians, since we're Christians, right. we've got to decide. Even when we don't understand or agree, and this is going to shock some of our listeners, but it's true. Even when we don't, as Christians, understand or agree with the Bible, that's right. That's right. That it's still. Still it's still the word of God. It's still the truth. It's still what make, makes us free, and and that is true uh, relative to uh, beneficence. We we have to uh, we have to understand. And I talked about God not wanting us uh, poor, but He wants us in a position 
to do. And, and you know, Second Corinthians, along with the passages you brought up, Second Corinthians chapter nine uh, is a passage that is underread by many of us as Christians. It's neglected uh, because we, because we know it talks about in verse six the cheerful giver. But the rest of the passage is speaks to the beneficence that you're discussing and the role, the social economic responsibilities of the church. Right. He goes on and says, um, uh, and God loves a cheerful giver. And then he says, and God is able to make these two words, Mark, all grace abound toward you. Mm-hmm. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work so releasing and giving is how the work of the church becomes successful yes and it's all a focus on others it's all a fo- it's he's, the, that passage goes on to say he he, he gives seed to the sower that, that he disperses to those who disperse it, and, and it's all about others whether even our enemies Yep. It does not matter. That's right. We have to have a spirit of gift. God doesn't even want to destroy enemies. Mm-hmm. He, when the Bible says, and if you let me go back in, in uh, Psalm 23 and verse 5, where it says, and he prepares the, prepares the table before you in the presence of mine enemies. Mm-hmm. That's not to gloat mm-hmm. before your enemies. It's, it's for God to show his power to pro- provide for you. That's right. Um, despite your enemies, so that your enemies see that and want to trust him. That's well, if he does that, for, there's no need fighting this person. I should get on board with, 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 with a God who continues to love him despite my conduct because of he love. Maybe if he loves them in that manner, he will love me in the same way. The church has got to, has got to not only maintain, but fully embrace the idea that we exist for the otherness of people, to minister to the otherness of people. You know, if we could, if we could kind of roll Christianity into one word, mm-hmm. uh, that one word would be others. Others, I, I agree. It, it is an other-centered viewpoint. I, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, this is the issue I think that we struggle with when we live in an individualistic culture, mm-hmm. where our individualism drives us, when we're only concerned about ourselves instead of others. Right. And so, of course, then the Christians uh, in the church. Uh, kind of accede to uh, mm-hmm. that point of view and allow that to creep into their lives and want to keep what's theirs instead of actually practicing the Acts 4 passage right? and do, and giving to others and focusing on their beneficence, uh, which is really the crucial issue here. And so when we think about the entrepreneur, we, when we think about the person who is uh, taking the risk, we should celebrate these folks just as much as we celebrate the missionaries mm-hmm. who are going out and sharing the gospel we should celebrate entrepreneurs because they're the ones who make the scent uh, possible. They they are the senders of the scent. They're right. the ones who create the monies right. so that those who go can go. Right. You think about great, uh, in, in church history, uh, folks like J.C. Penney or Welsh, mm-hmm. uh, Welsh grape juice, of yep. course. Uh, these great men uh, started their businesses right. because they wanted to establish a Christian right. base for right. missions. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, same thing. Yeah. And did you see this uh, recent brouhaha in the New Yorker this last week uh, when they said that Chick-fil-A is infiltrating New York City? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. man. That just caught me. Funny. Well, you know, unfortunately, any, any, um, often, not any, it's, it's not, it's not it's good to be general there, but, but when, when people establish themselves, often at, when people establish themselves as Christian mm-hmm. um, benefactors, yes. you know, um, then there's the attack from various places. Mm-hmm. 
but God wants God wants to bless us. He wants to start start people in businesses and entrepreneur um, uh, endeavors. God wants to do it to bless the world. Mm-hmm. It's why I wanna. It's why it, it's why some of the business endeavors I have, it, it, some of the ones I'm starting to do. It, I want to be a bigger blessing. Sure. I want to expand my ability to provide scholars, college scholarships to to children I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly going to take care of my own kids, or my, my my own grandkids, or whatever the case. But I want to sow into children, uh, young people I don't know. I want to sow into adults mm-hmm. who who came around to life and the importance of education and entrepreneurship. Later, mm-hmm. I want to show sow into adults. I want to put myself in a position. To where I can um, so, uh, provide for uh, health care for people who may not otherwise have it. Mm-hmm. I want wealth for the purpose of helping people become wealthy. Yes. Understanding that that all wealth is not tangible. That's right. There's a wealth of uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm. There's a wealth of moreover wisdom. Yes. There, there, there's a wealth, and, and and most importantly, I want to fund endeavors that help what we're doing mm-hmm. become more mainstream. Mm-hmm. There's a black guy and a white guy mm-hmm. who are both fledgling scholars, <laughs> you know, who believe that the way to approach helping humanity is through diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To serve that? the one Lord from diverse backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Man, that's something to fund. If we have listeners today, and I'm very serious about this, who 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 would in, who be interested in sowing into Comenius, mm-hmm. uh that, that that is the foundation of our show. Mm-hmm. This is a show to sow into because you're listening today because what Mark and I are doing works. That's right. And this is uh, one of those phrases out of the First Testament that always encourages me. And to your point about we gain wealth for the world around us and yes. the benefactors that uh, are Christians and so on to be an example, a testimony. Right. I'm always mindful of that great phrase runs all the way through First Testament teaching that the world may know. That, 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 the that, that the Christ, know. God constantly said that in the Old Testament. You remember when that uh, they may know. When That's right. David was up against Goliath and he was just about to chop off his head and he said, all of this is going to happen that the world That's may right. know. That's this right. is a fantastic phrase. That's right. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a one-song break. Don't forget to mark your calendars for May 18th. May 18th, that's a Friday from nine, 6 till 9 o'clock. We're going to have the Comenius Fundraiser. Since Dr. Clyde's just talked about that, make sure that you uh, keep that date aside so that you can come out and join us uh, for that Sustainable Development Fundraiser. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Excuse me. We're coming back and we God. we have too much fun. <laughs> and I'm still chuckling about they said the last that to thing me. I heard. <laughs> oh my. This is Warp and Move Radio RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We are glad that you're with us here today talking about entrepreneurialism and the emphasis on beneficence that we should be having uh, toward other people. And this, of course, is. Uh, uh, based biblically, we uh, come out of a very clear biblical mandate. Uh, I was mentioning in the, in the second section just a moment ago how uh, you can go to my website, warpandwoof.org, and see today my post on a socioeconomic ethic that ought to be the standard, uh, not because I said so, but because Scripture says so. And the emphasis there is that we need a standard from which we are going to found our thinking. Then it needs to transform our spirit. Uh, then it needs to, uh, we as leaders need to submit to it. 
then Christian leaders should prompt the church to practice it, and then Christians who practice it should be in the society to live it, and then finally the benefit for the whole society when the group is influenced by it, and there it is, the emphasis on uh, a focus on uh, what we had just said coming out of the break, and that was that the world may go. Right. So there we are, Dr. Clyde. We are back uh, hitting those kinds of notes again. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, this thing consistent with the, with the concept of God informing the world through us. In the Old Testament, you, you, you said before the break that they may know, that the world may know. And then we pick up in the New Testament with Christ in, in the Sermon on the Mount saying that we are the light of the world. We're the light of the world. Uh, and, th and that we're supposed to be sat in a position for the world to see us and never put ourselves under under anything w w which would hide our light. He does not he does not want that. And then Christ is as he Christ explains to Nicodemus. In uh when Nicodemus came to him by night, Christ uh in, in the regeneration conversation that he had born again conversation he had with Nicodemus, he culminates that combination that, that conversation by saying God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son uh, that whosoever believes in him not, should not perish. But he goes on to say something we often leave un, un, unread. That God sent not his son yes. into the world yes. to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm -hmm. And so uh, how, the, the, how, the, how the world relates to the Christology of Jesus Christ is very important because he is here for the world. That's right. To, uh, until people come to understand, Mark, they think that God somehow sent Christ to Christians. Mm -hmm. No, all, the, all of us who are Christians were in the world. Mm -hmm. God sent Christ to the world. Yep. And so he, is, and, and calls him uh, in the first chapter of the book of John, John calls Christ the word. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. The word was with God. Mm -hmm. And then that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. So we are to look at Christ dwelling among us as an example of what God's word requires of us. Mm -hmm. And the very origin, the, the, the very essence, rather, of Jesus Christ was that he came to save sinners. Yes. He came to show the world in his beneficence, mm -hmm. in his giving, in his kindness, in his compassion, in his provision. Mm -hmm. How many times did he provide... Uh, for the disciples themselves, yes. you know, and he's the shepherd how many king. times? Yes, absolutely. So that what you were quoting earlier in the second section of our, uh, our time together, uh, Psalm 23. And mm -hmm. one of the great, uh, knowledge ideas that comes out of the first Testament is that the King was the shepherd in the ancient near Eastern world. Right. And so when we talk about the shepherd, we're talking about two things the shepherd does, protect and provide for the sheep. Right. So those two concepts are the basis then, not only for what Jesus has done for us, but in one of the, um, one of the few metaphors that Jesus uses of himself, he is the chief shepherd, but we also are shepherds. First Peter chapter 5 calls right. us shepherds. And so we now bear the responsibility of protecting and providing for That's the right. Sheep. That's right. In fact, so clear is this. I'm, I'm just going to run through my list here of what does the creation of wealth help everybody in society to do? Here are some thoughts on that. Job creation, security benefits, and competition keeps prices down. 
I think that's really an important concept. Beneficence toward nonprofit organizations comes through philanthropists who have created wealth. And so they give the opportunities for education, health care, entertainment. Right. And, oh, by the way, rich people are the ones who fund zoos and opera houses and museums and libraries. Let's not forget that. That's right. And then the standard Humanities. of living increases as well. Right. And so when we talk about uh, the entrepreneurs who are creating wealth, we're talking about housing, medicine, food. All of those things are really crucial for us. Right. Or, or, or IT, Steve Jobs. Yeah. The, the computer, the, right. you know, the, 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 the modern, the postmodern computer, if you will. Yeah, so absolutely. We are designed to be secular. We're designed to be, as a people, in a cycle of constant beneficence where we provide as others provide for us. We take advantage of the graces that God has given to yes. others. Yes. And it is when that breaks in society, Dr. Eccles, mm. when, when, when that cycle is broken, we have breaches where our, immor where our immorality is too influential. Mm -hmm. when, we, when, 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 when gracing other people ceases to be the, the greater loyalty, yes. then we... That, that gives place to the devil. That gives places where our flesh, because with all of us, all the gracing that we do, we're still flesh. Mm -hmm. I contend, I want to offer the notion that what keeps our flesh at bay more than anything mm -hmm. is a focus on the human condition mm -hmm. with a view toward beneficence. Yes. So here we have uh, the Christmas story. And you have Scrooge, mm -hmm. and the very first night he sees the Great ghost exam. comes to him, and you see all of those, uh, all of those folks who have already died, who are trying desperately to throw money mm -hmm. at those who uh, are literally in reality right now, but they can't mm -hmm. because they're in a different world. Mm -hmm. They should have been doing that before, but there's the problem. Of course, they can't do it because they're in a different uh, sphere. They're in a different element. They're in eternity, and. They should have been doing this while they were in temporality, but they couldn't. That's, that's, that's good, Mark. That's good. And so to this point that you're suggesting that uh, our responsibility literally uh, is keeping at bay the idols of our day. Mm -hmm. And one of the great idols of our day is materialism. Right. Instance. Dr. Martin Luther King is quoted as saying that if, and I'm paraphrasing a bit here, that if the church mm -hmm. does not care more, begin to care more about the needs of the world, then we are going to perpetuate the notion that we are just a thin veneer of Christianity mm -hmm. and really just no more than a social club. That's right. Yeah. The social club idea is, of course, the problem that we face on a regular basis, and this is an issue uh, constantly that we're having to deal with. And so mm -hmm. uh, we're coming to uh, a break at this particular moment of time. We're going to take a two-song break. Mm -hmm. Shamara Cox is going to be with us here in just a few minutes. Right. Uh, but during our two-song break, we're going to uh, take a break and then come back and hear Shamara Cox talk about the merit group and the necessity of what she uh, sees as an African-American woman mm -hmm. in her business and the kinds of risks that she has taken and the good work that she is doing in the community right. as a Christian. This is a right. powerful segment. That's right. And, of course, uh, you know, we get the opportunity to jaw a little bit about it beforehand. We're right. grateful for that. 
uh, based on a biblical point of view, of course. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site, supported by the Comenius Institute. Please come out May 18th, Friday night, 6 to 9, for our Jazz Mixer Fundraiser, Sustainable Development Fundraiser for the Comenius Institute. We're going to take a two-song break. We'll be right back. We are back, Warping Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site, and we are pleased to be in the Collaborate 317 Greenfield, Indiana. It's a great place out here. Come join us. Uh, We'll take you on a tour sometime right across from the regional airport. Uh, And today we are discussing a very powerful and important biblical concept. And this biblical concept is uh, an emphasis on entrepreneurialism and the emphasis on business and how we create wealth. And one of the things uh, that we were talking about uh, before the break was this creation of wealth based on uh, the idea that we are uh, benefactors to the world and we are light to the world. And HB was just uh, regaling us here with uh, his point of view about being a light. And that light, of course, is what's going to attract people to the gospel, attract people to the beneficence of God is by being benefactors in the world. Boy, how much simpler does it get than that? That's right. That, that, that's, that's, it, it doesn't get more simple than that. We exist for other people. Um, I, I said in the message I preached uh, last week that when God saved you, he had others in mind. Mm-hmm. He had others in mind. We, we, we have to live. And, and I know this seems idealistic, but it's actually essential. It's a con- essential component of Christianity. Mm. Christianity is not about personal wealth. Yes. Christ came to save that which was lost. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to make it. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to make it. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to make it. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to make it. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to make it. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to make it. Mm. And if we're going to be Christ up our minds in, in, in our everyday living, that others are our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if, the, if others are not like you. In fact, your opportunity to glorify God, in my personal opinion, is enhanced if they're not like you. Mm-hmm. You see, love is not designed only for people with whom you get along. That's right. <laughs> that would be pretty easy. Exactly. <laughs> but Christianity is pretty hard in that it, respect. Exactly. <laughs> we we have to, you know, and and in an age where and, and there's some people who may not want to hear this, but but this is this is just reality. In an age where uh, race relations are back and forth, one one period of time in our existence it seems that things are coming together maybe in the civil rights movement it seems to come together then we go through a period in the latter 60s where there seems to be more violence and less unity then we go through Woodstock and we go through all of the um, peace assaults and protests and we're back and forth and then we go through the Reagan era and the Clinton era and the Bush era and all of that the truth of the matter is race relation there will always be something to deal with relative to race. Yes sir. But where is the church in that? That's right. The church has to remain as our Christ our, our God has said in Malachi 3, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. Mm-hmm. And the church has to remember not to change. Mm-hmm. We are a light. We we should be concerned about others. We are not only light but the next 
uh, inference that Jesus makes or truth that he gives. He doesn't make inferences. Truth that he gives is that we're the salt yes. of the earth. So we're and preservatives. We're, we're preservatives. Yeah. And he goes on to explain that if that preservative loses its ability to preserve, then where, where, in what other way could the world be salted? Mm-hmm. He, right. Christ literally suggests there, now he doesn't suggest, Christ says there mm-hmm. that if the world loses its, if the church loses its savor, its flavor, there is no other way for this world to be salted mm-hmm. That's or right. to, to, to have character. And, 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 and riches don't mean character. There are other ways for the world to get money, but not durable riches. Yes. So the exacting of uh, riches from somebody else. Yes, there are means. Exactly, yeah. Mark. Yeah. There, we, we, can, we can be manipulators. Mm-hmm. We, can, we, can, we can pillage the world for its oil. Mm-hmm. We could pillage the world. We could create... I don't know, different means to, there are evils that will come up, evil slave trades, evil, um, there's sex trafficking going on that's making money today. Yes. You know, Eve, that kind of evil, pedophile trafficking, you know, and, 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 and child porn, all horrible things that are happening where people make money. But that's not how God, obviously it's immoral, but that's not how God wants to sustain. Yes. Benevolence. That's right. God is ne- it's never going to change in my mind that God wants to ge- wants the church to rise up to glorify him. And he, in response, favor us because he can trust us because he can. Now we've shown that we trust him. Mm-hmm. He will favor us. He will bless us. He will give us the wisdom to start businesses. He will give us the revelation to walk in these businesses in ways where we uh, where we learn to give first fruit. Yes, right. And we learn to sow. Yes. And we learn to to care about our fellow man mm-hmm. in a just and righteous way. One of the things that stands out for me in First Testament teaching, and I'm sure I've mentioned this uh, over the two years we've been on this program, but uh, I'm always mindful of that passage in Jeremiah 29 where mm-hmm. here are the people in exile mm-hmm. and that letter that was sent to the exiles. I love that letter. And that letter says, you ought to go and have children. You ought to go and plant gardens. While in exile. While in exile. So that you, and three times in the text, the word shalom, Hebrew shalom, for the welfare of the city. That's right. That's what that means. Where you are. The welfare of the city. Wherever you are. (laughs) That's right. So it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, what street you're on. It doesn't matter uh, what house you're in, whichever apartment building. It does not matter. Wherever it is that you are. You are there as this mm-hmm. preservative, this right. salt, this light, and that's, that's right. the emphasis. That's right. That's right. And we now have our morning. wonderful guest for the morning, Shamara Cox. In thank Good you morning. very much for being here. Absolutely. Yeah, we are grateful for your presence, and uh, you, of course, are the one who uh, allowed Dr. Clyde and I to have an opportunity to pontificate, if you will, on entrepreneurialism here in the first hour. Awesome. Love it. Because that's what you're going to talk about now. And uh, as an African-American businesswoman, you know, this is a very powerful uh, moment here uh, to say to all of Indianapolis, to the world, everybody who's listening to us now, uh, this is a great woman who has created a great business for people. So give us the background, not only of yourself, but of your business. Tell us about yourself and your business. Well, thank you so much, doctors. I'm super excited to be here. Two We're of my glad favorite to have you. people, HB. Hello there. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So uh, a little history, not going back too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally from Arizona and was not raised in the church. Uh, didn't get saved. I had a Damascus experience, as you call it. Um, I was on my way to do what I was decreeing to do, mm-hmm. and the Lord put a halt to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I came out of that place that I was in, um, I realized that there was more to my life than just the sin that I was in, right? So I allowed the Lord to reverse it and use that ambition and that tenacity and the wit for his glory. Mm. And the scripture that has stayed with me over the last 19 years of entrepreneurialism is Deuteronomy 8.18, that God has given us the ability. That word ability means fortitude, uh, dexterity, Mm. understanding, the wisdom, right? Mm. To get wealth that he may do something, not for us, but that he may establish his covenant. Mm. So the glory, the, um, the wit, the fortitude, the dexterity that I walk in, that you walk in, that we walk in as people of God, it's not for us. You know, we are, we are, we are, we are little people. We are treasures in this uh, earthen vessel. And that treasure is not for us. It's for us to give back. Mm. So when I realized that, I spent the next, you know, 18, 19 years. I'm literally on my 19th year now in the same industry. And I use that as a platform. People in, in, you know, I call it the, the modern day Moseses, right? The marketplace ministry. It, it's just a platform. The mayor group is just the platform that God has given me to allow others to do what they're called to do, mm-hmm. right? So it has nothing to do with me. People get hung up in business. They think, well, I got to be, you know, the speaker. I got to be the lawyer. I got to be the judge. I got to be the doctor. I got to be the entrepreneur. I got to write the book. You do. But that's simply just the tool that God has given you to do what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do is going to free other people. And that is why I call us modern-day Moseses. There's people right now in slavery. They're in bondage, bondage to fear, bondage to rejection, bondage to work, working for somebody else. And my platform simply is the ability through the anointing, if you want to say worldwide charisma, I don't care if we're in kingdom, we're talking kingdom, it's the anointing, to give people a a. Uh, Liberty, should I say, give them permission to walk out John 10, 10, mm. that God mm-hmm. has given us. God has allowed us to have this beautiful, full, abundant life. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that we feel like we have to ask for permission to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to ask for permission to say yes, thank you, to say yes to God. Mm-hmm. When he when when Jesus said it's finished, it's done. I mean, I can walk in what God has called me to do. You can walk in what God has called you to do because he finished it, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, the mayor group, <clears throat> back up a little bit. It's all right. The mayor group is a business and brand architecture and design firm, okay? And what I mean by that is business needs to be planned. It needs to be uh, properly appropriated. It needs to be prepared for if you're going to have a profitable, sustainable, scalable company. And people plan for babies. They got nurseries together. They plan to get married. They spend two or three years planning a wedding. You know, they spend all kind of money. They plan to move. They plan a new job. They plan to go to college. But they don't plan their business. Mm. And they wonder why it fails. So my job is to use what God has given me over the last 19 years um, through a proprietary system called the um, uh, business blueprint and the uh, brand blueprint to allow people to organize and architect the idea that God has given them. And then we brand it. Now we've got to tell the world about it, right? Habakkuk 2 and 4, write the vision down, but make it what? Plain, that they who read it will run with it. So number one, we've got to write it down. 
we got to make it plain, clear. It should the brand should not be convoluted. You know, if I don't understand what you're selling, and if you don't understand what you're selling, how in the world do you think the marketplace is going to understand what you're selling? You know, they're not. You know, so my job is to bring that continuity into the business and make sure that it's it's seamless and it's understood. You know, I use the analogy of if I if I go into a restaurant and it says sushi and I walk in there and they're selling fried chicken, I'm like, wait a minute now. I'm having my mouth all ready for some sushi, some Las Vegas rolls, and y'all in here frying chicken. You know, so I want to know, uh, be clear. And that's a lot of times how people are in their, in their business. Yeah. So they haven't taken the time to architect it. And then they haven't taken the time to design it. Mm. And when I say design, I mean all the graphics, the brand aesthetics, the beauty of it. It's not enough to write the vision down and make it plain. You have to not just write it down and make it plain. You have to get people to run with it. Mm. And they can't run with it if they don't understand it. Right. So, Just for our, our listeners' sake, if you haven't figured this out yet, uh, Shamara has done some preaching. And uh, this is an important <laughs> idea to bring she's forward. She's doing here. it today. <laughs> just, just so everybody knows. Uh, the woman uh, needs her own pulpit right here, right now. This is great stuff. Amen. Excellent, excellent stuff. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the day-to-day kinds of things that you do in your business and what is it that you're helping people with? Absolutely. So it's a lot of this, right? So people come in, um, usually I'm seeing about between four and six people a day. Some of them are brand-new clients that want to go ahead and step out and, and do what they feel they've been called to do. And the other are reoccurring clients. And we're literally sitting down and we're following the blueprint to a T. And my thing is trust the process because they're walking into a place where this is the unknown for them. You know, they haven't built a business before. And that's the first type of audience that we have or client we have. And that's the tier one. That's the person that just walks in, that hasn't owned a business, that has this great idea that's keeping them up at night. And they have no idea how to make it a reality, how to take it from your, your head to your hand and from your hand to the marketplace. So we sit down and we build it. I mean, from core values, mission, vision, um, the internal processes, the procedures, the business controls, the organizational structure, how you make money, what are your uh, business model framework, what segmentations, what are you offering? You know, so, and then after we do that, we take all that great content, which takes usually about three to six months. We take that content, and then we now put it on display on a website. My, I have an amazing graphic design team. I have an amazing production team. My daughter does our websites and I, of course she's the bomb because she's and my daughter. She, and she's amazing. Yes, she's amazing. Right. Absolutely so. Um, and she's just, I call her a little phenom when it comes to like all things digital. She just won't stop. You know, it keeps her up at night like business keeps me up at night. Um, and anyway, then we have the graphic start, so the brochures, the, the business cards, the book cover, the website, all the hashtags, the Instagram, your digital footprint is then uh, thrusted into the marketplace. But that, ha- that comes last. That's the icing on the cake. And what I usually see people do in Tier 1 is they come in with a, a brochure. And they come with me with the business card. They're like, I got a business. I'm ready to go out there and rock and roll. I'm like, no, you are not. Matter of fact, put that away. <laughs> you are not going to do anything with that until we build this company because it's a legacy. Remember, we have to um, use what God has given us to establish his covenant. You know, And if we know what his covenant is, what is it? It's to be able to walk in the fullness of God. So I can't just haphazardly walk up and throw a business card at someone and expect them to buy. You know, it's bigger. I need the kingdom to understand that business is bigger than business. It is a tool. It is a weapon. It is an instrument that God has given us to use. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for who? The just, right? How do we get it? 
marketplace. People have a hard time separating the two. There is no separation. It's like they say church and state. Stop it. You know what I mean? It's like it's, there's no separation. If I am in a boardroom, so is Jesus because he lives inside of me. And, you know, know this, is, right. uh, this is a wonderful opportunity. Actually, we need to take a break, a one-song break. But uh, this is a wonderful opportunity if you're uh, energized, as I am, by Shamara Cox's testimony here. Uh, you are listening to a Proverbs 31 woman right here out right. in the marketplace doing her thing. Uh, we're so pleased for her and her merit group here to be at 317. Uh, just before we go to break, uh, we are going to mention once again the Cominius Institute uh, Jazz Mixer Sustainable Development Fundraiser on May 18th from 6 to 9 o'clock. Looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, we are going to be having some great folks that are out there, meet a lot of new folks, have some good food, uh, do some networking, great music with George Middleton. H HB is going to be our MC. Introduce you to a lot of good folks here in Indianapolis. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Group site. We'll be right back. RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. And we are here with Shamara Cox from the Merit Group. And Shamara, you have uh, done a great job of kind of giving us an overview of what you do here uh, in your particular business. But uh, when, when you think about the term entrepreneurialism, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? When you think about that as a, as a woman... Uh, running her own business, entrepreneur, what does that mean to you? Freedom. Mm. It's, it's freedom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. with, a, with a price tag. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's absolute freedom. Okay. And I just want, I want to clear something up. You know, I want to dispel the myth that everybody should own their own business. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Some people are not created for it. You know if you're created for it. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that is... Uh, illuminated in you it's revealed to you mm -hmm. so it's something where you have to know it's a responsibility to get up every day and not have anyone tell you to get up every day to be able to be integrous with your money mm -hmm. to be able to make sure you're walking integrity in your actions make sure that you're doing what you say you're supposed to do to the people who pay you mm -hmm. they go to work every day and they might be sacrificing uh, vacation money uh, Food. I mean, you don't know what they go through at home to pursue a dream that they have trusted you to partner with them on. And they've only known you for 30 minutes. That is a honor. I feel like, you know, obstetrician, when they're, con when they're delivering the babies. Every, I've been doing this for so long, and every new business is like a baby. Because no person's the same. No business idea is the same. It's just the chemistry of it. It's like you're delivering destiny. It's so much bigger than the hair shop or, you know, creating a podcast. It's so much bigger than that. Because on this podcast, right now, we are freeing people that are saying, you know what? I think I'm ready. I, I was walking in fear. I'm going to go ahead and pursue the book now. I'm going to write it. Shamar, tell me, discuss briefly with us, if you will, or not so briefly. Just discuss it, if you will. What are some of the obstacles that people uh, run into when they have the notion that they want to, you know, get into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. What What are some of the obstacles you've 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 seen that you've helped people to overcome? The number one <clears throat> that I see is the belief that they can. And they can't. They can. They can. Oh, overcome. Okay. They can. Okay. So it's not enough to believe that God can use you. You got to believe that God wants to use you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the thing where they, even, even non-Christian, I talk to them the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care who you pray into. I know that God has called you to do this thing. Mm -hmm. So 
whatever the thing is, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And you can do it with him. Mm -hmm. So that's the number one thing I see is people just being afraid to actually do it. Go out there and write the book. I mean, and just and start the business and and create the consulting firm and open up the vet, mm -hmm. you know, uh, company or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The second thing I see is going to be fear. As you can see, these are all internal struggles. Mm -hmm. That's that's number one struggles internally, mm -hmm. not externally. You're going to have right. haters. And if I, I, tell, I was telling a young lady yesterday, I said, you know what? If no one's saying anything to you, if nobody is drinking haterade, then it is not good. Right. That so is, if you're out here true. and you're doing true. something you, and you're and you're making waves, people are not going to like it. The, Joseph's brothers threw him in a pit. Absolutely. Seriously. Early in scripture, we find that success and a prophecy over you. Yes. Brings haters. One hundred percent. Starting with often your family. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. 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 So. Yeah. So we can't even it's not even external. I don't even deal with the external things coming. It's the mm -hmm. internal things. Mm -hmm. It's a daily fight to. Make sure that you are staying, you know you can, even when things look like you can't, to pursue it, even when you don't want to. You know, when you're faced with a huge red sea mm -hmm. in front of you and Pharaoh is behind you and you're just like, I have, what am I going to do next? That is, I, I, you know, in, in women, you know, part of why you're on this show is because you're great at what you're doing. Uh, but I was, I was speaking to someone yesterday and kind of speaks to why you're, why you're on our show. Um, Eve. In the first conversation that that Lucifer has with Eve in Scripture, um, she Eve had at this time had been given everything. Mm. The entire world was hers. Mm -hmm. The garden there mm -hmm. wasn't a, there was only the garden, mm -hmm. and she was in it. And Satan's first conversation was with Eve was about what you don't what you don't have. Mm -hmm. What 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 you got all this? Yes. But let's focus on, let what, me, you don't. on what you don't. Yes. And he and she bit mm -hmm. literally. Yes. She 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 bit into the concept that well I do have all this in the garden mm -hmm. this place of presence and peace, but he but if I but but now let me put my attention on this one tree that that and I, and I have this tree mm -hmm. I've just been given some instructions about this tree, I think there relative to what I just said I think there are a lot of women and and people but we we have a uh, we're here uh, to speak about this specifically, there are a lot of women who have lost their focus and their potential is in is i don't know uh being attacked mm -hmm. absolutely because they, they they they're focusing on what they don't have and they're, they're listening to that inner voice yes. say yes. you can't yes. you don't have this yes. you don't have that you yes. don't have that yes you should approach it i think and, and i want to hear you talk about it mm -hmm. i think women people should approach entrepreneurship with what with Focusing on the gifts you do have. That's right. You have the ability. Absolutely. So if Satan's coming at me trying to make me think about what I don't have. That means he's aware, of what, he's aware of what I do have. That's right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that is so key. The the biggest enemy in life we have is is, is us. Is oh, yeah. Inside of me. Oh, yeah. If I can win the fight inside of my mm -hmm. mind. That's oh, why yeah. Joyce Myers, her book, Battlefield of the Mind, was like yeah. number one bestseller outside the Bible sure. and Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Yes. It's because it's here. Yeah. Greater is he who's in me. Than he that's in the world. world. That's so right. it's like I am not going to even deal with God's got the world. He said, I've overcome the world right. so he's got the world that's right. i gotta deal with me that's you know right. it's i gotta work out my own soul salvation with fear and trembling every day that's you right. know and that has to do with because there's going back to what dr echoes asked 
the one word that I can just, it's synergistic to me to entrepreneurialism is the freedom aspect, right? But with freedom, like I said, there's a price. You got to count the cost of what it means to be free because now you have, it's like the grace, it's like grace, Mm -hmm. you know, people think, well, to be Christian, you're under law. No, you're under grace and you're under grace and you have a freedom now. You have this freedom. That's right. But you have to be obedient Which in is the, the spirit freedom. of grace. Right. Liberality. Right. So it's like why in entrepreneurialism, I liken it to that. You've got this freedom with a price you have to pay. So you have to be disciplined. You have to be obedient. You have to hear. It is marketplace ministry is one of the seven business, a mountain that we in, in the world in the. This is not a biblical thing, but this is something that I like to study. The seven mountains where there's religion, there's education, there's entertainment, there's business, and so on. To be a Christian and to be called, let's let's back up, because uh, people are called, but chosen takes a relationship, right? intimacy. Yeah, so there's a difference. You might be called to write it. You might be called to do it, but are you going to accept the call? If you accept it, you're chosen. Right. Okay. So Just now like you're walking Peter, out we on it. talked about Peter. Peter was called to be a fisherman, but he couldn't get it get it right until he got into it. get it right. That's okay. Right. That's right. So, and, and we can't get it right. Right. You know, until we hear from God. But going back to that freedom, that price that we have to pay to walk in the in this industry of being free, free to dream, free to have vision, free to do ministry. I am free, literally. I can go in my office right now. If I want to check and say, you know what, everybody, let's go home today. Let's just call it a day. But the people that have paid. You know, the reputation. I, I could say, I don't want to get up. When my mother passed away, when I went through the most horrible, humiliating divorce, I didn't want to get up, but I did anyway. You know, when I went through uh, the destruction that Spirit of Abaddon that tried to come in my business, you know, and try to destroy it, I didn't want to get up. But it's bigger than me. It's bigger than us, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not to scare people not to get into entrepreneurialism. Right. You just got to understand the power that comes right. with it. And the process. Yeah. Yes. Right. No. That's, right. I'm on 19 years. I'm still getting processed. That's I'm it. on the potter's wheel in this entrepreneurship thing every day. Sure. So. Sure. 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 Absolutely. That's why we shouldn't be so afraid of the word evolution and, mm. and free it from the, only the Dar- Darwinian concept. Mm. Evolution simply means to change. Thank to, you. To expand. Thank you. And to not... Thank Be you. stagnant. Thank you. Absolutely. And everything evolves. Right. Why? Well, I'm just following uh, following up on some, this good conversation y'all are having here. Um, why did you choose your present marketing business as your focal point? Uh, why marketing per se? Um, what is it about marketing that attracts you? I heard you use the word calling a moment ago. What is it that uh, called you into marketing? Well, I, I didn't choose this. And I know I, I'm not meaning to be cliche-ish. I promise you. I did not choose this. I, again, I was teaching at a JC, a junior college, and I was having a great time with my students and educating them. They're, you know, they were like tabula rasas. They're totally blank. And by the time I got done with them, they could go out there and get a great job, and they could make money and change their life. And it just was like a fire, Dr. Echoes. It, I couldn't. I knew that I had the gift of exhortation. And that gift of exhortation can be used in so many different ways. And my my calling was to allow God to choose me, to exhort people to do two things, live the best life they can and build the best business they can. Mm. Those are the two things that I knew that I was called to do. Now, again, I've had several companies over the year. The Merit Group is just this one right now. I have another one launching May 19th. It's a hair business. And... 
my, our, our mindset, my uh, business partner and I, she's from Ohio, her name is Angie. Uh, our mindset behind that is we want to bring an opportunity for wealth to Indiana. So there's no re there's no black owned female owned hair warehouse in this region, what? and right 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 <laughs> right. So we are bringing it here, and it, there's nothing where it's a multi level marketing. So in yeah. other words, like Mary Kay, you can you can just pass your cards out. Someone gets your card, you go online, they type your 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 actual site in, they order, you make money. That is going to give women the ability to do other things because now they can make money on the side. And, and we're in a $26 billion industry. It's, it's fashion and beauty is huge. So just to kind of piggyback on that, because immediately when you say that to me, I know that people aren't going to be able to live on what they make on those things, though, though there might be those exceptions to the rule. Uh, talk about the necessity of streams of income for people yes, absolutely. and how important that is. That is such a great question. Before I answer that, Doctor, Please. I want to go back very quickly to what you had asked me about being yeah. chosen as far as marketing. We are a, and people like the relate business and brand development to marketing, and it, it is different. So marketing is the is the tool that's used to get to bridge the gap between your audience and your product, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to bridge that gap by marketing. I'm with digital marketing, online marketing, whatever. We are we start before that, so we build the business concepts and then we build the brand and then we help you market it. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're a business and brand architecture and design mm -hmm. firm. Marketing is the icing, it's the cherry on top. You know this. When you use the word architecture, um, we're not used to hearing that word in in business pursuit per se. Uh, we're this, but you're kind of acquainting us now with how to think about this whole idea differently. Absolutely, yes. You're building, you know, you're designing. So it's it's like a home, you know. You're you're saying how many rooms you want, what the siding needs to look like, and uh, how many uh, sinks in the master bathroom. I mean, you're you're building, right? So this is, and I tell my clients, my tier one clients, I tell them, listen, when you're when you're building, build. Don't build for where you are. Build for where you, where you want to go. Yeah. You know, if you're getting married, no, you and your husband want to have children. You're not going to buy one bedroom. You're and you're trying to have babies. You're going to get a home mm -hmm. that can fit these children. Mm -hmm. So if you want to. If you want to go global, you can have it, you can do it, but just not at one time. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to chop the elephant up a little bit, <laughs> bit by bit. And how we do that, going back to your question, is we have to segment the streams of income. Mm -hmm. So we have to begin to say, who is the audience, number one. And then after we say, who is the main audience, to give an example. So my main audience for the mayor group is, is business, anyone that's in business, right? That's a macro company, micro company, small business, entrepreneur, I don't care. If you're in a business or you want to create a business, my company is for you. But that's the highest level of the tier. That's where, that's not my market share. That's just who I'm after. Mm -hmm. So to get into my market share, I now have to say, who, what exactly do I provide? So we provide website design, we provide business consulting, we provide graphic design, we provide process people and a profit assessment implementation strategies. So now my target audience is becoming, it's now, it's filtered. Now I'm in my market share because now I can say how many people need a new site or need a site? How many macro companies are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because their processes, departments aren't communicating? 
and I have to go in there and figure out why, mm-hmm. you know. And it might be relate. It might be a people problem, mm-hmm. or it might be a a software problem. Yeah. You know, it just depends. So, having multiple streams of income is going. Not only does it does it, I shouldn't say it ensures nothing is, you know, one hundred percent, but it increases the probability of your company being sustainable. Mm-hmm. Because if, you're, if, if your market doesn't like your websites, it's okay. They've got your business and processes to work on. If they don't, like, if they don't want to use you for consulting, fine. They've got graphic design. If they don't want the graphic design, they've got artificial intelligence. So if, if my market doesn't like one of my, my segmentations, my solutions, I have other offerings. When I, was, when I first started in business, I, I was 18. No, no, I was 17 years old. And I, I was telling my parents, I said, I want a car. I think it was 66 or 17. And they said, I-, I want a car. And mom said, well, go get it. You know, I'm thinking, okay, here she go. So I thought, what am I going to do? I had a gift for words. I said, okay. So I said, let me, how can I apply, use the, my, my gift to help people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is out of the box. So I know God gave it to me. I had a friend that happened to be running a mortuary. And she said, do you believe that there's people that have nothing good to say about those that have died? Or they don't know what to say. So can you create, like, templated little, this person with a wonderful father, can you sit down with them and just hear what they have to say, and then can you make it pretty? Yeah. So I started doing that. There are people that couldn't say good things about their family. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And then it spread I, I'm in Tucson. It spread to mortuary to mortuary. I couldn't believe funeral home to funeral home. So, <clears throat> so, you know, looking at something like that, it can start off as small as that and then morph into where I'm at today, which is still helping people express what they can't yeah. and that's through branding mm-hmm. that is expressing what you what what's on the inside of you your identification versus your image mm-hmm. so if you feel like you are a a business if, if you're an attorney and you work in international contracts in law but the image you portray is you're a family or a civil attorney you're missing you're missing dollars you're missing families you're missing helping people because it's not clear. Mm-hmm. So what you say on the inside, who you believe you are, and what people see you as has to mesh, has to be synergistic. Once that happens, there's brand clarity. And then once brand, brand clarity is there, there's retention. Now you can deliver your brand promise. Now you have loyalty. You've got champions. You're now in blue ocean space. Mm-hmm. You're now in a place where there's no piranhas. It's not the price is right. I'm going $2 below you. We're not Walmart and stuff. It is, I, can, I have a you have a gift. Now you can walk in in clarity. You can demand your prices. There's no price bidding. It's that place we all want to get to. You know, it strikes me that to say that, uh, first of all, I could be taking notes right now. This could be a class. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the, the, right. the second, the I second agree. thought I have uh, about these kinds of things is there is so <laughs> much about this that is really beyond, I mean, I'm thinking about myself, it's beyond me to, right. to encapsulate all these ideas. And that's right. why it's so obvious that you're gifted to do these things, which mm-hmm. is the marvel of it. Sure. And, of course, one of the reasons why we're actually invested in the right. process and, with and you. Right. We, we believe in the product. Right, that's right. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's huge. From a biblical perspective, <coughs> so many scriptures jump out at me. But one of them... One of the scriptures is about from Proverbs a good name, mm-hmm. a good name. Ultimately, what what the Merit Group does is exp- add charisma to your name, mm. to your to to your brand, mm-hmm. to 
and and make it make it what it what it can expand upon it. Yes, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, uh, it, it, anything that gets into God's hands reaches its potential. Hmm. That that that's what it does. Amen. And 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 you are you are highly qualified to do it, it and it's quite obvious. It, it's quite obvious. It, one thing I look for when I do business with any person is I want to hear their expertise. Yes. Experience. I, I, I don't. It. If you come to me, if you want to sell me an iPhone, if I walk in a in an iPhone store or whatever, um, you know, I need you to be able to pontificate. Yes. About this iPhone, yes. and if you can, I, I've literally I've left a store because you don't seem knowledgeable about what you're trying to sell me. Thank you. And if you're not excited about what you're trying to sell Thank me, you. there's no way. Thank you. That I'm gonna. Uh, Give you your excitement about your uh, exactly about the product. So and no, that, no you, you're Posley, well informed. That is that is so that is so accurate. I cannot be more excited about mm-hmm. someone's vision than them. Mm-hmm. It's palpable. We we, we can you know. absolutely we, we we can feel it. You know, and and that's the way you should be. You, you know, uh, and, and, and speaking of that, so where do you get your enthusiasm from for what you do it's it's it literally it's internal mm-hmm. i mean it is it is that zone that god has put me in i did not i did not wake up one day and say i want to do this i did not ever think i didn't go back to school till i was in my 30s mm-hmm. you know to get a degree mm-hmm. you know so i just i this was literally this was literally god's his his trusting me mm-hmm. with this this gift of being able to amalgamate biblical principles into an industry that is so worldly dominated, you know, and there's certain things that I can't, I can't even say where they came from. Right. You, I mean, naturally, I, I, you know, I understand that. Being I, I feel revealed, the same way about, uh, you know, the ministry. I had no intention of, uh, of being a preacher. Yes. I intended to be, uh, an attorney and, uh, I, I had no, I had no intention of preaching. I, I, I couldn't be more clear about this. So I, I absolutely understand, um, you know, how, how you feel about that. You know, I, I hope there are women who are listening today who have within them uh, a desire, a hunger uh, to see, not just women, you know, of course, uh, but, but men as well, who have a hunger and a desire uh, for God to use what he designed in them. Yes, yes. You know, I think yes. so many people have gotten caught up. There's a passage of scripture. I believe it's Luke 13 or maybe Luke 8. I'm not sure. But it talks about how the, uh, the word of God, Jesus went about sowing. Mm-hmm. It's a parable. And uh, but the cares of this this world choked out. Yes. What had been sown. And so there I, are a that's lot one of, of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. That's presented in Luke and in Mark. Mm-hmm. I like the version in Mark. Chapter yeah. nine, because there's four things that happen, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just one of them is where, yes, you heard the word. It gets planted. And like you said, all of a sudden doubt comes in. Mm-hmm. Fear comes in. Your friends are like, why are you doing that? You need to be a lawyer. You need to go back to school. Yeah. They're telling you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So you're listening to that. And then now the care. I don't have enough sure. money. I don't know. What about my kids? I don't know. Now it just starts to choke sure. out. Sure. That's know? what Satan does. That's what he, he does. He, he, he comes in. To a anything that you anything that is word based, yes, which and, and all purpose is, yes. You know, people need to understand you don't have to know Christ to have a purpose. 
you know, yeah, your purpose does come from Christ, but you don't have to know him yes. to be good. The come Bible said now. the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Come on now. Yes. So, so that God puts something in you. And there are some people who have absolutely lived out, not in the manner that, that you're discussing. Mm-hmm. They've lived out what, what they allowed God to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not what God mm-hmm. could have done. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh, that's, it, it, and there's a difference. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, that yes. Grace makes the difference. Yes. There are some people who are gifted <clears throat> in what they do. And Peter is a biblical example. Peter was a fisherman, but he was not a great fisherman hmm. until he got exposed to Christ and Christ was telling him how to make your fishing prolific. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, we, we live in a world today where uh, 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 p- p- people are losing. Hmm. Losing because of fears and all of these things. Let me let me just ask you this. Yes. Um, what do you say to the person who's on the on the seashore on on the on the side of the road, shipwrecked, started, tried to start a business, have have run into the wrong either people. And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. But Amen. and uh, how do they how do they how do you get back on your purpose when things have choked you and you've let the care of this world, recovering from a divorce. Recovering from the loss of a loved one, um, or just financial ruin. Mm-hmm. Try the business. Mm-hmm. Didn't go well. What Been would you there. say to that person? Been there with literally on the side of the road mm-hmm. crying. What kept me is the fact that it's we have to understand that our life is being poured out. So it's not about me. Mm-hmm. I have to remember that. It is about the people that are in bondage because I refuse to get out. Mm-hmm. So I refuse to say yes, so they're going to stay there. So I, when, I, when I meet my God, I want him to say, you have given me so many jewels for my crown. Mm-hmm. I want him to be able to look at me and say, what you did with your life. Mm-hmm. You may not have been perfect, and I'm not, will never be. But this right here, mm-hmm. you used every talent I gave you right. so that you can better my people. Mm-hmm. You know, the gifts that we have, according to Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 11 are these these callings to be a prophet, evangelist, teacher, preacher. It's for the edifying and the building up of, of, the, of, the, of body, the body of Christ. The body. That's so right. that means if something needs to be built up, that means it's weak. So our job is to say this is not about us. And I don't mean to be cliche as you hear me say that because, you know, being in church forever, you know, you see, you say <laughs> things, you know, people are like. There okay, are a lot of cliches. You, right. But, the, but, the, some, but some, the, some of them are. Rooted in principles. That's exactly. Right. Amen. So right. this, I'm being for real when I say it, it's so not about me, you know, when I went through the divorce, I did not want to come to work. When I, my mother passed away, my best, my mom was a ride or die. I could say, Mama, I'm moving to the hills of Alaska to preach the gospel, and and I'm never coming back. She'll tell my daddy, well, honey, I love you. We married 40 years. Well, I'm going to go with Shamara, okay, because mm-hmm. she needs me. My mother was, no, I mean, we talked on the phone three, four times a day. I talked to her Tuesday. And she just died on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That is very hard for me still to get over. Right. Now, you talk about damaging what it could do to your faith. Right. But that put a demand. Trial puts a demand on your faith. Yeah. So if trial comes, you have it's demand to believe God. Right. Or not believe God. Right. So you if you're on the side of the road or you're at the shore or you're saying, I can't do it. That's a time to put a demand on your faith. Absolutely. I believe that trial is more beneficial to your faith than success. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. You you do Amen. not you do you 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 develop your faith mm-hmm. through the friction mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. circumstance. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you get to the top, it it, it, it it's, it's almost euphoric. You kind of want to hurry up. Okay, I'm at the top, but 
I kind of want to get back into something That's so I can, you know. Like see God move. Yeah, let I me let it. me get back to school. Okay, let you me know. do something else. Yeah, I yeah, love it. yeah. That reminds me, I I want to say it was in um, Second Kings where David had won the battle, and he was, and I mean everybody, everyone was just cheering, and Israelites were happy, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Let's rest." Saul has killed his thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's just rest now. Yeah. David was like, "No." This that's right. Success. This is not the time to rest. This is not, that's right. This is the time to plan. This time to get ready because something else is coming. Absolutely. And I feel like that's where people get on the height of success, and they're like, "I made the million, or I wrote the book, it got out there." Now they want. It's good to take a break and relax yeah. and ponder and, 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 and enjoy and, some. Yeah. Yeah, right. But don't stay there. Right. You know, you got You have a response. If you have a gift, you have a responsibility with that gift. Right. Continue to walk it out. Right. So for me, what I would say, anyone listening is just to challenge you to number one, it's not about you. It's about those who are in slavery because you are not saying yes. If Moses had not had said yes to God on the backside of a mountain, the people of Israel would have not been free. God will raise up another. Right. Right. But he wanted Moses. Yeah, you know, that, you bring up something. So that that is so true. You know, enslavement is the perennial reality in the human experience. Hmm. In one way or another, all the whole of society, mm-hmm. and I mean globally, mm-hmm. has been dealing with enslavement yes. in one way or another. Absolutely. Uh, pro- people, property, mm-hmm. or... Um, uh, spiritual bondage. There's the the constant reality about that. Absolutely. Economic suppression. Absolutely. Uh, power. You know, uh, Michel Foucault wrote, wrote extensively before his untimely early death mm. about power and subjects mm-hmm. being a reality in yes. the human experience always. Yes. And even relative to uh, what you are saying today, it, it often women, people, um, women or men, do not step out into. Uh, the, the the gifts and callings of God mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a prolific way mm-hmm. because in some kind of way they're enslaved. Absolutely. Some thought Absolutely. is suppressing them. Absolutely. Some experience, Absolutely. some tragedy. Okay, you know, now, see, yes. That is why it's so dangerous to say the experience is the best teacher hmm. because what say, what this world is designed, the lust of the flesh, the Bible says all in this world is the lust of the flesh, hmm. the pride of life, and the pride of life. Come on. Uh, the, the, uh, the lust of the eye and the mm-hmm. pride of life. All these things are designed to suppress mm-hmm. and entrap yes. you in lies yes. about your potential. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, John, John eight and forty four says that Jesus, uh, uh, that uh, uh, Satan, <coughs> is the father of lies. Come on, and so he keeps us in these strongholds of of with a banner, rolling banner that says you can't, hmm. don't do this. Okay, you, 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 you got me on something. There's so much <laughs> right now. Okay, you just said that Satan is the father, father of, of lies. lies. So when you look at a, a relationship, lies. right, mm-hmm. has, that's, a, that's a father's job. That's right. A father's job is to plant seed. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, however, you don't have to receive the seed. So the word tells us the truth will make, make you. us free. That's right. So we have to understand what is the truth, not just the truth about God. Mm-hmm. What is the truth about what God says about us? About us. That's now, right. when you understand the truth of mm-hmm. what God has done for you, what right. Jesus has done for you, what right. the cross represents. That's right? right. That's right. That makes you, not Absolutely. sets you, it makes you. It, it makes you. It, it makes you. It, and, and watch this. It's sustained by the same God who made it. Watch this. I know you well enough to know you're going to come out of your chair when I say this, but this is the real truth. I talked to my my mentor yesterday. His name is Dr. Troy Ladd, 
And uh, he's one of the most brilliant men I know. He's a retired pastor now, but he's absolutely just a genius. He said to me yesterday in a conversation, he said, son, I need to tell you something. He said the the Sunday school lesson from the international Sunday school lesson from last week gives us a principle that I want you to live by. And you've heard me say it for years. Don't come unglued when I say this. All right now. now. He said, you are absolutely invincible until God is done with your purpose on earth. Jesus. He, he, he Jesus. said, he said, here's, here's, he said, here's the evidence. Jesus. He said, Jesus, Peter denied Christ three times. And what we have for a Sunday school lesson Sunday was Christ showing up mm. to restore Peter, mm. despite Peter's cutting off a man's ear, denying mm. that he knew him, mm. having to call Peter Satan the day he gave him the keys. Okay. Jesus is, is asked for a special audience with mm. the key bearer, mm. which tells me that no matter what Peter did, mm. that the grace of God has now caused Peter it's still going to cause Peter to be preaching at that pulpit Period. on the day of Pentecost in Absolutely. Acts chapter 2, verse Absolutely. 38. Absolutely. He's going to be preaching. So the principle there is for anyone who is concerned about um, if I tried and I quit and I, I can't run my own business. Listen, the purpose God has put in you, Shamara, is you are invincible. You are A woman prophesied to me once and said, you are unstoppable. Hmm. It took me seven years. Hmm. Before I realized that that woman was telling me a truth. Mm. That transformed your life. That that yes. transformed yes. my life. Yes. I, I started my Ph.D. pursuit following understanding that. Wow. Because I, I became convinced that I cannot be stopped. Yes. I didn't say folk wouldn't hinder me. Right, right. I didn't say Satan wouldn't attack me. Right. I didn't say I wouldn't attack myself. Right. Sometimes we have self-inflicted wounds from decisions. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, we are invincible. And Christ showing back up, because this is no respect to a person, Christ showing back up to come and restore Peter. Hmm. And then and then he asked him three questions. And, I'm, and we're going to get ready to get out of here. And you're going to have the last word. Mm-hmm. He asked him three questions. Mm. Come on. Knowing the answer. Knowing to the answer. So he's asking Peter to inform Peter. To now, the question Peter. is not do you love me? I right. know you love me. Right. But Peter, yes. in light of what you have done, okay. Who do, is- do you know you still love me? Because sometimes in life we can engage in behavior and following our own behavior, we'll start asking, do, do, do people I? who love God Act actually like do that? what do I just that? did? Okay. So he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, you know I love you. Yeah, I do know you love me, but do you? Yeah, let me convince you. Let me, yeah, right. I need, because Peter was right. in doubt. Exactly. It, it, we talk about Thomas being in doubt. No, right. Peter suffered Pe- from doubt exactly. more. Uh, Jesus didn't specifically ask to see Thomas. No, he no, He, he did specifically not. asked for Peter. Go get Simon. Thank and you. And then called him by the same name he called him Come by on. when he gave him the keys. Come on now. Three times. Because he's. Wait a minute now. See, hold on. Hold on. Because he was speaking that's, to that's him. That's word HB, okay. by the way. Okay. He was speaking to him, not where he was. Right. For who he is. Right. And I think a lot of decisions we make is because we look at where we were. Right. Don't make decisions. Don't put a period in your life where God has simply placed a comment. Oh, He's just saying, Sila, just breathe a minute. That's just goodness. breathe. You know, just don't. As I was as I was driving to work today, I was listening to Shirley Caesar, you know, hold my mule, talk about shouting John, and I was just, uh, <laughs> and and I was I was like, God, you know what? It's not the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of all God. Of all of us, right? right? So Jesus didn't come that you would not sin. 
right? right? Uh, or, or lie or whatever it is, fall, cheat, whatever. He didn't right? come expecting that you would never sin again. But he exactly. gave us right. space to be cognizant and convicted Right. Of the sin to get restored. Right. So he's a constant and restorer. And his love. Absolutely. Right. So it's like we have to take, that's what I mean when I say the truth. The truth will make you, won't set you, it makes you the difference. I can set this cup over here, but for me to make this cup is that's different. That's right. This, that's a sustainable principle. That's right. So I am made free right. by the truth and I'm of invincible. who Christ is. <laughs> that's right. You know. That's right. Oh, we have to wrap it up. Lord yeah, have mercy. Got, I, so, I need I need another hour next time. Don't 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 have you Well, you this is what we do. We we this is what we do. I want to give you. I just want to give you um, a yes. couple minutes, you okay. know, to to wrap up and say whatever you, whatever you'd like to say. Probably <laughs> take about 120 seconds and and just say what you'd like to say to people to to the audience. You know, this has been amazing. Thank you. This is a great way to start off my, my day. Pleasure. Thank you so much. If you're listening right now, it doesn't matter what season, what state, what stage you are. If you believe that you have been called into the industry of owning a business, running a company, then now's the time. And it doesn't matter if you use my company or somebody else's. You have a responsibility to walk out on the gift that God has called you to walk out on. Okay. And if you are going to pursue that, of course, I would love to partner with you and I would love to get to know you. So you want to uh, give my office a call at 317-477-8875 or just go to the website. You can book your own appointment at www.themeritgroupindy.com. One more time. www.themeritgroupindy.com. And you can also find us on Instagram Facebook, Twitter, at Merit Group Indy. God bless you. We have had a tremendous time today on Warp and Roof Radio Show. Kalenius uh, a, a broadcast. We are excited about the joy that happens in this room, Dr. H. Bree uh, and, and uh, Dr. Eccles. We've just had a tremendous time today. We thank you for tuning in today all around the world. We are seeing our numbers, and it is, it is, it is growing. It's tremendous. We're blessed. And um, you've been listening to the Radio Next Though broadcast on the Cool Groove site. We love you. We appreciate you tuning in. We will look forward to hearing, uh, having you tune in again next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Dr. Mark and I, Dr. Mark Eccles, Dr. Clyde Posey will be right back at you. We love you and appreciate you tuning in.